Hey, coaches, welcome to Championship Culture. Got a special guest today. Brett Hickman is with us, and uh, I've seen Brett speak before, so I, I know he's uh, not only a tremendous X and O guy, but he is a big-time culture guy, uh, a former college coach. He's a head football coach. He's a big-time FCA guy. He's a family man. He runs a YouTube channel. And, uh, and Brett, I got to tell you, man, I'm here to steal your good ideas. So I'm excited to have you on the channel. Uh, let, let's just roll into it. So question number one, can you give a, a one-minute elevator introduction? Yeah, Joe, appreciate you having me again, man. I think this is great. Anytime we can share ideas with coaches, I think that's, you know, it's such a great profession and it's such a unique thing to be a part of. Um, you know, you hit on kind of the big points. I am a coach's kid. I've been around the game my entire life. My father was a long-time uh, successful high school coach. He's actually the winningest head football coach at St. Paul's High School in West Brunswick, where I'm the head coach. I'm coaching at my alma mater uh, after spending nine years um, as a full-time college coach, four years at North Greenville University and um, five years at Gardner-Webb University, various backgrounds and what I've coached. I've been defensive guy, defensive coordinator, coached offense, running coordinator, um, you know, spent three years involved in the program at East Carolina first as an undergraduate assistant and then as a GA. Um, I'm an Eastern North Carolina native, so I'm kind of back home, but I don't think any of those titles or anything uh, talks about my worth any more than, you know, first of all, you know, my, my faith in Jesus Christ certainly uh is what drives me and everything that that I do personally and while we coach and you know hopefully it it'll always be uh believer and then husband to my beautiful wife Sarah will be celebrating our eighth anniversary she's also East Carolina grad we met in school there and then we have two uh beautiful little boys who you know I love more every day now that I've been home with them in quarantine but gosh almighty I'm really impressed by what our wives do every day uh, we have a five-year-old Henry and a 10-month-old named Jack awesome man I, I've got two daughters that graduated from ECU or, or actually one graduate and one's in ECU so uh, what we call the Harvard of Pitt County baby <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> All right, so question number two, how, how do you define culture? You know, I think it's kind of a loaded question because I heard somebody say, you know, if you go around the room and you ask all your team what your culture is and they give you a bunch of different answers, then you don't have a culture, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with because, it, you know, it's culture, leadership, uh, offense, defense. You know, if, if you can't define it, you still have it. It's just not very good. Um, you know, everyone's got a culture, whether or not it, or everybody's got some form of leadership, whether or not it's good, whether or not it's bad, whether or not it's indifferent, or whether or not it's tremendous. Culture to me, Joe, you know, I define it as the daily implementation, okay, it's the daily implementation and execution of your standards. You know, to me, it's just, you know, I mean, I know you're a big air raid guy or, you know, the wing T guys that are buck sweep guys. If you run old air raid 95 and the wide doesn't run the cross, um, you know, you're not executing the play. Um, you know, when you start thinking of your culture in terms of a football play, if you are not attacking your standards every day, if you're not um, reinforcing positive behavior and you're not confronting anti-cultural behavior, then you have an indifferent culture. Um, I think that's a big thing is just what do you believe in? What are your non-negotiables? And are you getting 
your assistant coaches and are you getting the, the young men and anyone who touches your players uh, to reinforce those standards every day by their action? You know, culture, it, you know, it starts at the top, but you have real culture um, when the actions that you preach about are being attacked by um, the young men under your charge every day and the coaches under your charge. I mean, it's easy for me to get up here and talk about it. You know, it's another thing to be about it and your culture is going to change a little bit year to year, you know, your core values and your, your non-negotiables remain the same, but you have to be adaptable within, you know, certain principles every year, but you know, it's, it's a loaded question. And I hope that kind of hits on what I believe it is, you know, but you know, we're going to be confrontational to, to people who are against what we talk about and what we try to be about every day. I believe you just nailed that one, and and especially the the confrontational as far as you, it's a it's a it's a constant battle to to install that that culture. I love it, man. All right, uh, here's a here's the first tough one. What are the three best things you do to build your culture in your program? You know, I I'm a lot like you in a sense that we 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 really dwell on our core values, and I, I see your tweets all the time. I, I don't I'm not as active with my team on social media. We, we have a running kind of private chat that, that talks about these things. And um, just kind of go back, give you a little background. So in 2013, the head coach who was at North Greenville University, a guy named Carol McCray, had been offered the job at his alma mater. Well, I had been there for four or five years, and they had asked me to um, interview for the, the head coaching job and I would have been 26 years old I've probably been the youngest college head coach in the country so you know knowing how much I kind of messed up my first year as a head high school coach at 32 looking back on it you know I mean if you've ever seen a giant train wreck that's probably how that would have turned out but out of a after a deep thought you know deep night in prayer I guess what you will I was like you know I just really don't have a plan and, you know, out of that came about a 130-page binder that talks about our plan to win. And the plan to win starts with, okay, what are you going to be about? So the first thing we talk about in our culture is our core values. And they're, you know, everything ties into the next one. You know, I, I believe, you know, it, it, we just celebrated Memorial Day. Greater has no love than man who's willing to lay down his life for his kid. Love is the most powerful thing um, in the Christian faith. And I don't think men talk about it enough. That's the cornerstone of everything we believe. Um, you know, whether or not it's loving each other, whether or not it's loving a family member, whether or not it's exuding Christ's love through what we do um, every day. And I really became a better coach. You know, I've had two men, you know, in my life who've been like fathers. Well, obviously one of them is my father. And the other one's a guy named Jimmy Fletcher, who is our current AD and I played for. And, you know, they both kind of said, should we, our examples of, uh, you know, when you start understanding how Jesus loved you, um, then you become a better coach. And I think you become a better coach when you become a father and you start recognizing those things um so we start everything with love and then this game kind of transitions to to passion you know if I, I think you have to be extraordinarily passionate about what you do I think infectious energy um I think your team takes on your personality um 
you know, whether or not it's your exes and O's beliefs or, or really how they act sometimes on the sidelines or, you know, just the excitability. So we talk about love, passion, discipline, whether or not it's the discipline in the weight room, the discipline on the field, the discipline in the classroom. Um, you know, I truly believe the discipline man is the freed man because eventually that's the guy who becomes the, the guy who has choices in life because he made good decisions. And, you know, I think discipline football teams, I don't care what you do offensively, defensively, or in the kicking game scheme-wise, discipline football teams who are able to hone, you know, what they've repeated in practice and being able to execute on Friday nights and, and not making mistakes is going to be the team that wins. You know, they're also going to be the people who graduate high in their class. They're going to be the best employers. They're going to be the best employees. You show me somebody who's successful, I'll show you somebody who's got some discipline in their life. And then the last two, you know, kind of tie off of all those three is toughness. You know, that's physical toughness, that's mental toughness, and that's, you know, and then the secret sauce to all of that is togetherness. I think togetherness is a byproduct of uh, common investment with your kids. I think when they go through all of these things together, you know, we talk about falling in love with the process. The process is the weight room. The process is, um, you know, they took a picture. We, we had graduation yesterday and there's five kids who I loved, you know, and, and two, one of them's going on to play college football. The other four were just doggone good high school ball players. And I loved them. And I just got thinking, gosh, over the last two years, I have put a foot up their rear end. And at times, some of those guys did not like me. A lot of them didn't really like me the first year. But they really, I mean, you look at their bodies now, you know, they bought into the process, they bought into the weight room. And my gosh, I'm gonna miss all of them on that field on Friday night. You just, they, they became such better players because they bought into everything that was involved in our program from, from how they practiced to how they competed, you know, and, they, and they're taking the picture together in their cap and gown and their caps are open and they got the shirt where they're going off to school. And, you know, one of them's going to play at Gardner Webb, which is where I was. The other four is going off to be students, but like they are, they were good buddies before that, but like they're the ones that on Friday night when they're all hanging out together, they're making fun of me, you know, and I think that's awesome because I was that kid 15 years ago who, you know, went through those mutual experiences, you know, and we made fun of our coaches and those were the type of guys that I would have hung out with in high school because, you know, I mean, I didn't love the weight room. I had to fall in love with it. And, um, you know, so we talk, we, to get back to your point, I mean, we're going to reinforce core values. I think that's the biggest thing you do every day. I mean, I'm not talking about, I mean, you can have meals, you can have people over at practice. You got to reinforce those core values every day. We praise, you know, this is common sense, but you have to praise things that adhere to what you do and what you believe in. And you have to be confrontational and you have to attack things that don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know any other way to say it. So when we get together on a team meeting on Monday, you know, what we're going to get together is I'm going to show you three clips that reinforce what we're talking about from discipline. And I'm going to show you two or three clips that might reinforce or not reinforce, but attack, you know, you were soft on this player. You know, we've got second and two and you get a, toning penalty, which happened to us in a rivalry game this year. Now it's second and 17. Um, you know, I am maniacal about cleaning that bus after a ball game, you know, 
and I showed them our, our bus one left the, the bus, not, not trash, but like it wasn't up to our standard. And I see the bus driver out there sweeping it and I take a picture of it on Monday. Um, you know, that reinforces, you know, by going back and making them do extra conditioning on Monday, yeah, that reinforces the whole belief. And my, you know, my favorite quote that they always make fun of me of is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So we're going to try and leave that bus clean. And I've gotten better at making sure that locker room looks like that. And, you know, the field equipment and all that, as you get a little bit better at being a head coach, you kind of understand um, the day-to-days and the checklist of what you have to do. You know, the second thing I think that I'm really proud of is, is um, I, I think we have a really good ability to hire good men at our place. I've been very lucky because we I've got four former head coaches on my staff that really see coaching as the same way I do. You know, when they're going to have kids in their homes, they're going to love them. They're going to hug them. You know, I want coaches who are going to be passionate and affectionate about our kids. I, I think we just I, I don't understand why a guy would coach high school football if they really didn't love kids. It's not worth the time commitment. It's not worth the amount of money that they pay you. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of guys who are about it. You know, they don't, you know, some people want to be coaches and some people want to coach. You know, it's one thing to wear the polos and it's, it's another thing. And Dude, I love scheme. I love ball. I love everything about it. But if you're in it because you like to draw up touchdowns, you're probably not going to be real successful. I'm just telling you, because you're dealing with human emotion. You're dealing with, um, you know, you're dealing with imperfect people. You know, we're imperfect. And, you know, the one, the, the, that point when you talk about culture is something that comes directly from my father is number two, if you will, other than reinforcing core values, is keeping the main thing the main thing. And we talked to our kids about that the whole time is, you know, it is my job every day to set forth a belief system that we're all doing this for the right reason. Okay. And a byproduct of that is to reach lives, to touch lives, to try and make people better people. All right. And I tell my coaches that all the time, if you're just coming and you're not, texting these kids if you're not trying to pull them aside during the school day if you're not laughing and joking around with them and this is just a kind of a transactional relationship where okay yeah I'm gonna come and I'm gonna do a few drills and you know at at six o'clock in the day you know my day's over you know I'm not very good at just leaving the ball field at the ball field if one of our kids doesn't act becoming of our program it's going to bother me at home and I you know I don't necessarily want it to affect my coaches as fathers and husband but I want coaches who are going to keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing is seeing kids grow um you know if I had to point to you know one tangible thing that we do every day you know and we didn't get through it all at least in person this year is our, our principal's been really good at getting all our kids in the weight room but we're we're on what I call pseudo block scheduling. So not only do we get them for an hour and a half, we actually get them in first period for like an hour and 50 minutes. Okay. So what we did uh, last year um, on Wednesdays, we would do the leadership class. You know, we would do that. And a lot of times I would bring in a, we actually went through the book above the line by urban Meyer and talk about what is a, um, 
what is above the line behavior, what is below the line of behavior, what is blame, complain, and defend. And, uh, you know, I saw Richard Bailey actually was going through that at Scotland this year. Um, you know, and we had a lot of success with that, you know, the, the, the daily leadership deal, you know, but as some people do the leadership council. I've tried to mess with that, but, you know, I, some of my seniors last year said, Coach, I feel like um, that's dividing our team a little bit. And that's okay. I think what you have to do, I think it's, I think in high school football, your team is your seniors in a sense that, you know, it's their last hurrah. And I was so blessed last year that we had 22 kids and all of them um, managed to contribute in some fashion. Now, 17 or 18 of them played a lot for us. And then I was really intentional about, okay, who are the next guys in line? You know, so if you were a junior who played a lot for us, or in the case we had a sophomore who was one of our better players, you know, making sure they knew kind of where I was at in communicating with those kids daily. But I don't go a week uh, without pulling our seniors aside and talking with them as a group, um, you know, typically on Tuesday after practice. And then, you know, on that note, in terms of communication, we're very um, intentional on Mondays at team meetings. I start telling those guys, okay, here's the keys to the game but here's what core value is going to be the difference in us winning the game. So for instance, if we play a team that I know we're better than, your core value is not, you know, if you gotta play with, you gotta play with the passion and discipline because you're tougher and you're more together than they are as a byproduct and you're more talented, okay? But this week, you got to pull yourself up because it's hard to get. I don't have to tell our kids, and we lost to New Hanover twice, but I don't have to tell our kids to play with radical energy in a game when both of them are 8-0 and you're both in the top 10 in the state of North Carolina. Okay, but I tell those guys, this this week, if we're better than a team, it's going to be about the discipline. It's going to be about the discipline of dialing into your alignment and assignment in practice so that on Friday night, you can really dial into being intentional about passion, you know, and because if you go out there and it's just through the motions, you know, that's when you lay a turd. And that's one thing I've been real proud of with our kids the last two years. I don't think we've lost a football game um, to a team we were better than. You know, the eight games we've lost in two years, we've, we've, been, uh, we've been probably out-talented a little bit or not ready to beat a team that was that much older than us. Um, you know, and I think probably of our 15 wins, we've probably won four or five games where the team might have had a little bit uh, better roster top to bottom than us, um, yeah, at least in certain spots. That, that's, that's a loaded answer, but, you know, that's kind of what we do. That's awesome, Coach. I've, I've got a page full of notes on that one. I, I appreciate you going through that. Let me get this uh, – my phone – So the next one was another loaded question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? Oh gosh, you gave me you gave me thirty minutes for this whole thing. That question would have taken about an hour. Um, you know, I mean, I mentioned the binder. Um, you know, that's all fine and dandy. You know, in terms of uh, the old coach saying, is a lot of that's clinic talk. You know, it has given me something to lean back on in terms of my core values. 
you know, in fact, you know, it's a non-negotiable for a reason. So like, I, I would hope our culture uh, is identified by those five core values that I wrote down in that game plan. But a lot of things in terms of practice schedules, in terms of, excuse me, managing the staff, in terms of adaptability, um, you know, that a lot of that goes out the window. And um, I, yeah, I have such an admiration for like you guys who run the air raid because you're going to do what you do. And that, you know, that's part of your fabric. I don't like to say that's part of your culture because I think, you know, and sometimes your scheme is, I mean, I get it, but, um, you know, I've, the one thing I've learned more than anything is, is you better be adaptable in terms of, in terms of scheme. Like I mentioned those five kids that took that graduation picture yesterday. Um, I think I did a really poor job of, so anyway, little context. The five years before I had got there, our AD was our head football coach for 10 years, but the five years between me and him, they had had three head coaches. There was zero stability. Um, in the 20 years before I had been the head coach, they had had uh, three or four winning seasons. Okay, now they had had great tradition before that in the 80s and the 90s. Um, so we came in and, you know, we're going to bring it back. You know, you share the same last name as the guy who's won more games there than anybody. That's fine. You know, I think some people just assume that, you know, because of what my last name was or my ties to the quote unquote glory years that this was just going to happen overnight. And, you know, probably I thought that, you know, he come from college, he's got a, he's got a great scheme knowledge or whatever it is. And that's so far unimportant in the whole thing. And I think I just came in with that first group of kids. And I told you we were junior led the first year, but I probably did those, that first year senior class at this service um, because I talked about, I talked so openly, you know, not just to them, but the rest of the, the media here around here that we're just, we're not ready to win. The whole culture is broken. Um, you know, and instead of just focusing on keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is, you know, I've got this team for one year and then I'm going to have the team that follows them for one year and then the team that follows them for one year. So I owe this team everything. And, um, you know, I, I everybody kept pointing, you're going to be, you're going to be okay the next year. Cause all these kids who just graduated, they had, they had done good on the JV team, but that, you know, that's not always a correlation on Friday nights. People understand that, you know, it's a whole lot easier for 10th graders to beat up on ninth graders in the JV team than it is for those kids to become 11th graders and beat up on 12th graders. So, you know, I, I was probably too cognizant and too much telling people, you know, this is going to take a while. This is going to do this. I, you know, I just wish I would have come in and not mentioned anything about the previous staff. I wish I'd have just came in and said, okay, I'm going to do all I can do for these 10 kids because this is their last hurrah. And I'm not sure uh, I ever gave that group a reason to totally buy into me you know, because I kept talking about the process and the future building as opposed to the right now, you know, there, there's no time to change lives like the present. Uh, so that was my biggest mistake. Uh, my second mistake was I probably made a decision on scheme before I took an inventory of what we had player wise. Um, and, you know, I, I think, 
you know, like even within the air raid, if you will, and I'm not an air raid guy, but even within the air raid, you're going to have certain years where you're better at certain concepts and you're going to adapt to that based on what your kids can do. Um, you know, the first year we, 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 we came in and we did this and that and whatever. We, we weren't good at anything. And I, you know, I probably should have came and said, okay, this is what we've got at quarterback. This is what we've got at tailback. You know, I'm not a guy who's just tied in the one system. So after Florence, we actually switch from a, you know, spread type power spread Auburn sets, you know, where we were going power counter bucks lead to, to more traditional under center because, you know, our quarterback who, who's a really, really good high school player, he's going off to wing it. He was our AD son. You know, he didn't provide us um, the misdirection elements that the spread can give you with the quarterback run game, at least at that point, because he had not changed his body. Now, this year, we probably could have done that with him because he had leaned up, he had gotten faster. Um, you know, and I, I made another mistake going back on scheme is like they had been so bad defensively that I just assumed that if we came in and fixed the defense, the offense would be fine and we'd be okay winning games 24-17. Well, what happened is we ended up losing games 21-7 to because we couldn't score. And so we took the – but having a year of learning your personnel and your team, you know, we really added some of the misdirection elements that you can get with the jet game under center that you see a lot of people do in the gut game or, or whatever it is, kind of adding a few more wing T principles. We're still not a wing T team. Uh, you know, that being said, being here for two years, I have an inventory of, of what we have coming up, you know, and probably the, you know, I've got two seniors who are more runners than what we had, you know, Jay could really throw the football, um, you know, but these kids are, you know, they're not going to be as accurate, but they're going to be able, you know, they got, they got to carry the football 10 to 12 times a game. So we, we, you know, it, does our football team some injustice to go up under center because they provide the misdirection and the offense of pulling it out the back door or whatever. So some of the mistakes were made just from a football standpoint. Um, you know, uh, staff management, I think you just assume that like you hand somebody a, a manual and, and they all do it like this, you know, and that this is how they've all done it. Um, you know, I had to learn how to coach a system, you know, I, my whole career had been in college football. So, I mean, you know, you practice offense for two hours a day, if you're an offensive coach, you know, I mean, I had to learn how to not rob Peter to pay Paul, if you will, you know, and I did that at least going through the first four games of my first year, um, of, you know, you're trying to constantly reinforce culture, culture, culture. Well, you know, you don't realize what you're ingraining is that offense is not important, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, we're so, we've been so bad at defense. You gave up 40 points a game before we got here. Well, you know, we, we lose to White Bull 14 to seven. Them offensive guys are looking at you because, you know, yeah, you practice defense for an hour and 10 minutes because you're worried to death that JP's going to rush for 400 yards on you at White or whatever it is. So, you know, you better look yourself in the mirror. And Florence, as bad as it was to our, our region, it gave me kind of a four week chance to kind of refocus and give, give me an inventory, okay, of, gosh, you're an idiot. You know, so like I said, I mean, I, I can keep going about all the mistakes I made, you know, and, and eventually, um, 
you know, you, you got to realize you got to take care of yourself. I was doing a poor job of balancing teaching, being a dad, um, being, you know, like I said, a teacher and, you know, balancing, not exercising, you know, the way you need to do, um, you know, you, you just, I, if there's one thing that anybody listens to me on this is like, you really, really want to be a head coach, uh, talk to anyone who's done it before and just understand, you know, it's no different than a marriage. A, a marriage is really hard the first couple of years, in my opinion, particularly a coach's marriage, you know, then it gets into a routine. Now, I think as we've established ourselves, we've got to make sure that routine doesn't become a rut, you know, if that makes sense. So like the first, the first, five weeks, you know, really the first seven months of, of the job was very, very difficult. And, um, you know, that's as candid as I can be. Um, you know, I told you if I'd have got that job at 26 years old, it would have been a train wreck. You know, this one, the train just kind of got off the rails, but, um, you know, in some ways Florence was a blessing because we were able to get it back on the track. Well, that was awesome. I, there was one thing when you, uh, I, I, didn't understand is when you were talking about uh putting all the attention on defense and not giving any of the offense that's are the you accused of that either? that's the only one i've never had i've never been accused of that one oh, yeah. the other ones i was right there with you i was, I was well, when you were talking the, the first point you were making I, i'm just reading the second randy jackson book and i liked how he came in and and said you know the first year is either going to be a revolution or an evolution you know, that is literally in the hands of the seniors to decide which one. And yeah. I thought that was a good – I've never done it that way, but I thought that was a good way of saying it. You know, it's either revolution or evolution. It's, a, it's in the seniors' hands to decide that. Yeah, I think you become a better coach when you become a dad and you start recognizing, like, you know, in the end, that I really do – did I do justice to that first senior class because that is their last hurrah and that's their last experience of it. And that, you know, I made sure at the banquet that first year that, you know, I, I want our banquet to be really special, you know, to, to go around and tell those kids how much I appreciate them. And then at this year's, you know, deal, I was able to really thank those kids for being willing to grow up with me, you know, and I think this year was an evolution of, of, you know, those kids, I don't care how good you were on a JV team, if they would not have bought into our process, if they would not have bought into the weight room, they would not have been, you know, somebody said, you know, those weren't Brett's guys or, or whatever the case may be. Those kids would not have won, you know, they because, you know, there's just such a difference between being that 15 or 16-year-old who's playing that 14-year-old. By the time kids get to be 18, a lot of these guys you're playing against are grown men. Like our first, our second game back from Florence, my first year, we played Hoggard. And, um, <laughs> you know, I walked down on the field with my father and he's like, they feel out like them pants a little bit better than our boys do right now. And, you know, I made a point to tell those kids, you know, like we, that part right below you, you right below your rear end, you know, if it's sagging, you probably ain't going to be very good. And, um, you know, some people make this a whole lot harder than it is. You got to get good players and you got to get them strong. <laughs> that's a that's a strong reality about our sport. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't do enough, but we we those kids had to buy into that. 
and and to their credit um you know and i had to get past the hard line in the sand of saying you know you're you're not a team guy because you're not there yet you know because it's it's one thing to be confrontational it's another thing to be a jerk and um you know sometimes i, I counted those kids those five kids across i was like yep I had this problem with him, had this issue with him, had this issue with him, and all of them came by me yesterday and, you know, wanted to hug me and, you know, thank you for everything. And those ended up being the kids. That whole senior class, if you will, was just so devastated because they had such a unique grasp on the togetherness of what our staff had built. Um, you know, and they were so devastated because, you know, if we could have got past Hanover, we were probably – you know, I don't want to disparage the team that Hanover played the next week, um, but we were probably going to the Eastern Championship game. And uh, I mean, those kids thought they were, you know, by the end of the year defensively, I mean, we gave up seven points a game. So, you know, they accused me of not wanting to score, you know. So, um, you know, they really thought, you know, we, we played state championship level defense. So when, when the dreams and the goals don't get, quote unquote reached, you know, and, and you see how hard those kids work. That's hard to look in the, those kids' eyes and realize, you know, and I've thought all off season about, okay, what do we need to do to kind of take that next step? But I'm never gonna be able to take that next step with those kids who bought into you. And um, you know, that's something we all have to live with, you know, every year. And because most good teams don't end the season, you know, winning a game. Yeah, uh, most of us cry at the end. Only a few of us get to cheer. Uh, last question, uh, what your contact information you want to share and then anything you want to promote. I know you have a YouTube channel. Anything you want to promote? Yeah, um, you guys can my, – my email is mi, as in Michael. My parents gave that burden on me. I go by my middle name, so it's mi Hickman at bcswan.net, S-W-A-N, like the bird. Um, I don't, I'll give out my cell number. My number is 980-295-4704. Um, you know, you can find me on YouTube under uh, Michael Hickman, um, you know, but if you ever, you know, talking ball, talking culture, whatever, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't, I don't believe anybody has secrets. I believe that, uh, you know, if there's one thing this time's given us, it's it's a chance for professional development and see how other people do things and, you know, nuggets from so many people. You know, I would say this kind of in closing, you know, if your focus is always on schematics and I have to guard against this because I just love ball. You know, there's so many resources out there to watch film and, and see what other people are doing. Um, you'll never build um, – what you really think you can build, you know, without really diving into the, it's not off the field, it's on the field stuff, but it's the fabric of, of your program. You know, and the other thing I would say is make sure you find a job. Um, you know, it's so hard and Joe probably laugh at this cause he, he hasn't historically taken over winners. You know, our program was not a, was not a recent winner. We did have tradition, but, you know, do your research on the infrastructure of the schools, you know, who the principals are. You know, I, I had a shirt on this morning that said Trojan Pride. It's in my DNA. Um, you know, I work for a principal who is, um, you know, she's an alum like myself. And when I asked her, you know, that when they put me through the interview process, they said, um, 
what's your vision? And I go through it. We kind of did this whole deal the whole time. And then at the end, I said, let me ask you what your vision is. And she said, I want a crowded stadium on homecoming. I, you know, I want to turn people away at the gate. And I, I said, well, I, she's not a football person by nature, but, you know, I mean, I was like, she's probably smart enough to realize that they ain't showing up if you're one at eight. So she wants to win. And she's been great about um, kind of allowing me to educate her on what we need as coaches. I think we have so many administrators right now who uh, don't listen and don't understand our plight. And then I think we have so many football coaches who don't understand what their issues are, you know, in conversations, having tough conversations is a two-way street, and we're not going to get everything that we want. You know, I didn't get to come in and bring six guys in my first year, but, you know, I knew enough about her, and I knew enough about my athletic director, you know, who I mentioned is kind of like a second father to me, that they would sit down, and over time, they've made this a really, really good job, and I've been able to bring in six guys um, over the course of three years, and you know, that that's really important infrastructure and, and what they're going to do for you, how they're going to get kids in the weight room. And then once you get the infrastructure and the pieces in place, excuse me, once you get the pieces and the infrastructure in place, you know, now it now you have no excuses. You know, I tell everybody that right now. I have zero excuses at West Roman High School. There's plenty of places that are not like that. Um, does that mean we're going to win a state championship? I think we're all smart enough to realize that that still comes down to talent and playmakers and, and luck, you know, if you will. You know, we won 10 football games last year, but that had very little to do with coaching. It had everything to do with having a lot of good players and, and you know, having really good leadership and, you know, I'm smart enough to realize and humble enough to realize that, you know, it's it's fun to do the interviews and make it sound like you're smart, but ultimately it's still about getting good players and having good leadership in the school building that allows you to develop uh, this thing we call culture. Buddy, you uh, you absolutely hit a home run. I'm so glad you were the, the first guy I had on here. I've got pages of notes now, and, and we're going to be stealing a lot of your great ideas, man. I, I appreciate you being here, and, and good luck to you this year. I hope, we're, I hope we get out there pretty soon. Uh, we were talking before we started videoing, and uh, we, we were all saying our prayers and crossing our fingers about getting out there because I think all of us, we, we've done enough Zooming now. We're, we're ready to get out there and, and be around the kids again. I think the one problem for you air raiders is, is like, well, we don't really know if that was a complete pass when you go out there. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to do uh, invisible pass scale and all my DBs are going to get about eight picks a day now. So we're, we're, we're excited to get back out there even without a football. Yeah, I, I'm fine. I'd be fine if uh, some of you offensive guys never got to pick up a ball again or at least, you know, let, let's keep it from touching too many hands and let's turn around and hand it off all game. Well, we saw, uh, you know, when they put the uh, – when the, uh, the National Federation put the things out, it said seven on seven was considered like basketball. So, we were like, okay, well, we'll just do seven on seven all summer. So I did. I will, I will share one last joke because I know you got the air raid, the, the as we call it, the cult following. And, I look, I love what, what you guys do, and I'd, I'd love to be able to score points. And maybe it's something I need to think about going to, but like Matt Real – uh, I don't know if a lot of you guys probably know Matt. He's the head coach at North Myrtle Beach, which is a, a very friendly rivalry across the uh, 
across the border down here and you know Matt and I talk quite a bit you know make sure you know we're going to be able to play each other this year given our states might not be on the same rules and he says you know six foot splits uh social distancing nobody gets up under center he said you'd think COVID-19 was a grand conspiracy between all the air raid guys to make sure nobody got too close to anybody so I thought that was funny you know he's a triple option guy by trade so you know we all got different ways to reach kids and you know I just quick note you know I appreciate what everybody here that that's listening is 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 doing for young people you know that's ultimately why we do what we do Thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, again, you, you hit a home run. That was uh, more than I could have hoped for coming out the gate. So thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. You guys have a good day.